Hello and welcome to the Total Entertainment Podcast with me, Paul Collis. And today we're going to be taking a look at the Pet Shop Boys performing live at the Cardiff Motor Point Arena. Now today's show is an 8-rock show and they've got two tour buses. And let's have a look at what we got inside the arena. So, sound-wise you have line arrays, stage left and stage right, which are one wide and 15 deep. And you have a smaller set, a smaller line array, a little bit further back, positioned 45 degrees out to give the surround sound effect. That is one wide and eight deep. Then you have in front of the stage a row of subs just lining in front of the stage. So you have eight big subs. So there's sub, gap, sub, gap, sub, gap, etc. You have a front field speaker on top of each sub. So you you've got a nice bit of flat sound coming directly at you. If today's show is a seated show, but there will be Mojo Barrier out there to stop people from invading the stage. And I believe that tonight is a sellout show. So that's great news, absolute great news. What else do we have on this stage? Well, lighting wise you have front house one, which is quite literally some mole phases to light up the audience at certain points during the show, you know, a bit of audience emphasis. You have some moving light profiles in between each mole phase, which would probably be pointed directly into the audience rather than on stage. You might get a little bit of front light because the uh, profile units can actually pitch onto the stage. It all depends. Right, then you have two lighting bars on stage, LX1 and LX2, which have got a nice selection of moving light wash and profile units and same goes for the upstage bar which is LX2 which has a similar selection of the same units on as on LX1. Hanging off the bottom of LX1 leaves enough clearance for the moving lights to move. You also have a transparent LED screen which obviously will fly up at some point once they finish building it. And behind LX2 you've also got another piece of transparent LED screen which would give even more 4K HD quality and I've seen the back screen switched on and tested and it tested up fine and then now they're currently firing up the front screen and uh, just making sure that it's working okay before they start winching up the screen ready to uh, ready to pump the actual AV through it but it's tested okay and it's powering up as we speak. Also, what else do they have? What appears to be some custom-made stands with some AD, small AD screens on there, which, which looks like they're putting in an arc horseshoe, lining the outer edges of the stage, which I'm sure these AD screens are just gonna be used to blast out different colors at different intervals, which will give a nice little lighting effect. And also on there, you've got a uh, wash unit sat on the base of each plinth and that's going to look pretty good and you've got a selection of and you've got some similar bases with uh, ladder trusses on there with two moving lights one above the other which would give a nice little layered effect which i'm looking forward to seeing actually I believe I've seen some of this kit before last time I had the pet shop buyers in here before the pandemic but it looks like they've uh, definitely definitely doubled down on some of this LED technology and added a lot more in there 
just to give even more effect because you can do a lot more nowadays with the LED technology so you don't need that many lights because both LED screens and these LED uh, smaller screen uh, individual cells which are on those stands those will do all the legwork and for an 80s iconic band like the Pet Shop Boys where it's all electronic pop you're going to want something that reflects that especially with today's modern technology so you'll get the 80s style visuals in a, done in a modern way bright leery and in your face and that's exactly the ethos of this design and it's going to look amazing i can tell you that before i've even seen how it's fired up we'll be back after this so not only does monster x media have a series of podcasts but we also have a series of books the first book is actually two books it's volume one and volume two of a tribute to working at sea the best fiction is based on truth this is a compilation of short stories rants and poems loosely based on the author's experience at working on a cruise ship some of these stories are based on actual events but highly exaggerated whilst other stories are pure fiction the title of the book a tribute to is fitting with the tone of the book because like a tribute act it is a blatant altered reality where you can enjoy it knowing it's not quite the truth. There are things of alcoholism which used to be highly prevalent within workers in the cruise industry as well as stories with a sexual nature. So sit down, relax and enjoy the ride of A Tribute to Working at Sea Volumes 1 and 2. All of these books are available on Amazon and are available in paperback and on Kindle and the links for all of these books are in the description below. And we're back. So, the Pet Shop Boys are an English synth-pop duo formed in London in 1981, consisting of primary vocalist Neil Tennant and keyboardist Chris Lowe. They sold more than 100 million records worldwide and was listed as the most successful duo in UK music history in the 1999 edition of the Guinness Book of Records. Three-time Brit Award winners and six-time Grammy nominees since 1984, they have achieved 42 top 30 singles, 22 of these being top 10 hits in the UK singles charts, including four UK number ones, which were West End Girls, which is also number one in the US Billboard Hot 100, It's a Sin, a synth-pop version of It's Always On My Mind, and Heart. Other hit songs include cover of Go West and their own Opportunities Let's Make Lots of Money and What Have I Done to Deserve This in a duet with Dusty Springfield. With five US top 10 singles in the 1980s, they are associated with the second British invasion. At the 2009 Brit Awards in London, Pet Shop Boys received an award for Outstanding Contribution to Music. In 2016, Billboard magazine named the Pet Shop Boys the number one dance duo group over the 40 years since the chart's inception in 1976. In 2017, the duo received Enemy's Godlike Genius Award. In 2020, BBC journalist Nick Levine noted that they still remain a somewhat detached and ambivalent approach to their success, which also shows in their low profile on social media. Lowe stated in a 1986 Entertainment Tonight interview, I don't like country and western, I don't like rock music, I don't like rockabilly or rock and roll particularly, I don't like much really, do I? But what I do like 
I love passionately. The quote was subsequently sampled in the song Penanaro, a 1997 B-side, How I Learned to Hate Rock and Roll, and their 1991 songs DJ Culture. Can you forgive her, and how can you expect to be taken seriously? Continued this sentiment. They are still known for openly criticising trends in the music business, such as reality television music shows in 2010. It's so awful and negative and stifling, and so unpop. Well, I totally agree with that, to be honest. Music journalist Steve Harnell describes them as having both an ear for commerciality and, and the desire to create something more highbrow. He has also described Tennant's lyrics as showing a love for language, which Tennant sparkles with sometimes quite obscure cultural references. The music in the 1980s was inspired by dance music in gay clubs, but transformed into a very British and brainy brand of pop music. Shot through with a streak of social comment, so subtly done that people frequently miss the point entirely. The band dynamic has played a role in their public image as well. Early in their career, the duo were frequently accused of lacking stage presence, said to be a deliberate reaction to the hyper cheerful music of the time, demonstrated by bands such as Wham. A typical early performance featured Low in the background playing a bass line on a, on a far light synthesizer keyboard and Tennant singing, but otherwise passive in the foreground. Tennant and Low both became well known for standing still throughout performances. In a 2016 interview, Chris Lowe said the duo's live performances was a response to the music scene in the 1980s. Everyone was so active. It was a big party where everyone was having a great time and smiling at the camera, thumbs aloft. We just didn't want to do that, so we ignored the cameras and, uh, and the jolly of the situations. Let's face it, it's easier to stand stock still, isn't it? When they first began touring in 1989, they were heavily influenced by opera and theatre staging. Derek Jarman staged their first tour, making a series of films to be projected behind the costumes, singers and dancers. In 1991, they brought in David Alden and David Fielding from the English National Opera to create the staging and costume design for a show which made a little attempt to involve or even acknowledge the audience and pushed the choreography and staging centre stage. Subsequent tours have used artist Sam Taylor Wood and, archi and architect Zaya hated for stage design. The Fundamentalism tour in, 20, in 2006 to 2007 was conceived and designed by theatre designer Ez Devlin with choreography from Hackman Onobodo. On Ez Devlin also conceived the 2009 to 2010 Pandemonium tour as well as the Electric tour beginning in 2013. Typically, Pet Shop Boys have favoured avant-garde tailored fashions. Tennant has referenced the designer of his, of his suits in certain interviews and Lowe has often supported outfits and glasses made by Izzy Miyake, Stussy and Yohi Yamaoto's Y3 for Adidas. Presentation has always been a major theme for the Pet Shop Boys and the jury have dramatically reinvented their image twice in their career. In 1993, when promoting their very album, they wore brightly coloured costumes and used state-of-the-art computerised technology in pla to place themselves in a modern computer graphic world. This concept of reinvention was revisited for the promotion of their nightlife album, in which they transformed their look, wearing wigs and glasses with stylized futuristic urban wardrobes. In 2006, both Tennant and Lowe were seen on stage and in photographs wearing clothes designed by Heidi Slimone and Dior Hamon. 
or Dior home. The duo have always been interested in the artwork design and photography of their own releases. Photographer Eric Watson helped shape the original image of the Pet Shop Boys, creating many of their photographs and videos from 1984 to 1991. In design, they have primarily worked with Mark Farrow, who designed the cover of their first Parafone album released in 1986. The collaboration between Mark Farrow and the Pet Shop Boys is comparable to the designer brand relationship of Peter Seville and New Order Anton Corbin and the Pet She Mode, or the epic length collaboration of Simon Halfen and Paul Weller. Their record sleeves are quite often very minimal and the attention to detail is obvious. In October 2006, the British art publisher Thames & Hudson published a 336-page hardcover book titled Pet Shop Boys Catalogue by Chris Heath and, and Philip Hoare, showcasing the group's accomplishments in artwork, design and music. A German-language edition was also published. An exhibition of photographs of Pet Shop Boys was organised at the National Portrait Gallery in London to coincide with the publication. Even the band's fan bases have been subject to commentary. In 2001, music theorist Fred Everett Maus wrote that, contrary to the ideologies of anti-commercialism and authenticity embodied by serious discussion of popular music such as rock, Pet Shop Boys fans exhibit an undisguised love of commercial success. This was demonstrated through mailing list discussions from 1988 onwards in which fans voiced concern over the most commercially promising selection and marketing of singles for the then upcoming nightlife and debated the quality of the of the then recent bilingual spurred by the album's poorer performance and sales. Most posters Mal's summarised feared that the band's appeal would become essentially limited to a cult following. Dissident along the lines that the fans would always have the Pet Shop Boys no matter what happened. Noting the fact that Pet Shop Boys began a career with hits, Miles made the point that this early success was valued by fans. The band's large audiences were just as important to many fans as the, mar as the making of distinctive music that individual fans loved. The Pet Shop Boys have been noted for keeping their fingers on the musical pulse to date, whilst maintaining the mystique of performance from, an er from a different era. Lynn Barber, writing for the London Observer on July the 1st, 1997, stated that the genius of the Pet Shop Boys was to combine these polar opposites. Neil's wistful, introspective lyrics and Chris's mindless, cheerful, upbeat rhythms, they would never... They would never have been in the top 10 without Chris. They would never have engaged an intelligent audience without Neil. As of 2003, the Pet Shop Boys are ranked by Billboard's Joe Whitburn in his book Billboard's Hot Dance Disco 1974-2003 as the fourth most successful act on the US dance club play charts behind only Madonna, Michael Jackson and Donna Summer. The history between Madonna and Pet Shop Boys goes back to 1988 with the song Heart. In the line... In the liner notes to their 1991 Greatest Hits album, Discography, the band states that when we wrote the song Heart, we wanted to submit it to Madonna but didn't dare risk disappointment. The Patriot Boys kept the song for themselves and it ended up going to number one in the UK. Later, in 1991, Madonna was referenced in a tongue-in-cheek lyric in the song DJ Culture. Soon after she and Sean Penn had divorced, Tennant writes, like Liz before Bessie, she began after Sean. Suddenly you're missing, then you're reborn. 
Madonna's album Confessions of on a Dance Floor released in November 2005 includes a track called Jump which has close similarities to West End Girls. An interview at Pop Justice with Stuart Price who produced Madonna's album revealed that the track was a complete Chris Lowe inspiration. Pet Shop Boys then remixed Sorry, the second single from the album. Madonna has used their versions in her 2006 Confessions tour. In October 2005, a Swedish tribute band called The West End Girls had a number three hit single on in their home country with a cover version of Domino Dancing. In January 2006, they released their own version of West End Girls. An album was, so, was also released in June. In August 2014, the Pet Shop Boys appeared on the BBC Radio 4 series The Archers as last-minute headliners at the fictional festival Lockfest. Both Tennant and Lowe had speaker miles in the show. Right, so here's their discography. So in 1986, it was, they released Please. Then Actually in 1987. Introspective in 1988. Behaviour in 1990. Very in 1993. Bilingual 1996. Nightlife in 1999. Release in 2002. Fundamental in 2006. Yes in 2009. Elysium in 2012. Electric in 2013. Super in 2016 and Hotspot in 2020. So now you've had a little bit of background from the Pet Shop Boys. We're going to go straight into their performance because they have no support. They're a whole show. They're doing an entire show, no support, just them. It's good that is. Not often done, but it's good to have something different. We'll be back after this. Anthology of Rage by Paul Collis from Masterix Media. Anthology of Rage is split into four distinct sections. Each section was originally supposed to become a book in their own rights, but unfortunately the author never got around to finishing each project. He did feel though that these pieces of work were too good just to be forgotten about on his hard drive decided to put them all together in this anthology. Section 1 is a continuation of a tribute to Working at Sea, which with the last seven short stories written from the collection that didn't quite make volume 1 and 2, but were too good to be left unpublished. Section 2 Not quite short stories, but more rants that could be seen to be short stories about Christmas. Section 3 Monologues from the twisted mind of the author. And section 4 are poems based on the life experiences of the author. So a nice little eclectic mix of short stories and poems. Very interesting read. And if you like anger, this is a book for you. This book is available on paperback, hardback and ebook format on Amazon. And we're back. So, so prior to the start of the show during the walk-in for the audience, the front house mole phases are on, along with the LED washers on, L- on front house bar one, all pointing into the audience and giving it a nice little warm glow. And that was on top of a deliberately very low intensity house light. This was done deliberately to get everyone in a nice atmospheric mood. And then at 30 minutes to the top of the show, they started piling out the smoke effect. I mean, we're talking about all the hazers just going full pelt continuously and they even had a hazer and at the mixing desk at the back of the arena just to help boost the amount of smoke that was going into that arena 
and now there is a reason for that and I'll, get, and I'll get to that right now actually now the reason for that is they wanted to have a massive high impact intro and by god did they have a high impact intro it was brilliant so just before the intro started they have no they had an overture and they didn't do what a lot of people have been doing recently and that was having another band do another band song as the overture this was their own overture and i could tell that because a i'd not heard this song before and i've grown up with the pet shop boys so i've pretty much heard every single pet shop boys song and I didn't recognise this one, so I think they had it written specifically for this for this actual show. So this overture was on just before the house lights went down. When the house lights went down and the room was complete black, it was in total blackout. Then as the actual intro music started, you had all the uh, stage left and stage right, mini ladder truss, moving light, LEDs, profiles just scanning the audience in a very tight focus so you had proper full-blown intense beams of solid light and they were flashing in time to the music in time with the bass line and scanning in line with the uh, treble line and then the screen started up and which screen it was the uh, downstage screen so that was already in the down position at the start of the show and it started off with a uh, thick line which then as the beat dropped it went into a graphic eq wave going up and down up and down then eventually you had two light two special lights appear through the screen revealing the pet shop boys the screen lifted up the pet shop boys walked out one to his microphone to his microphone stand which is preset and the other to his smaller synth that was preset front of house the screen came back down and then hit us with a massive a massive burst of visualization which basically the uh, graphic eq wave turned into lots of lines all reacting to the uh, to the baseline it looked very 80s with a massive massive technological advancement with the modern led screen technology it looked intensely powerful and in your face and that was exactly the effect that they wanted and either side of the pet shop boys was a street lamp with a nice little practical light giving a nice little bit of downlight to give a nice little pool of light to keep everything nice and tight so the show was done in three segments the first segment they were just in front of the downstage screen they had some real sick visualizations on that downstage screen and basic light so you had you had the downstage left and downstage right ladder trusses with the uh, moving heads on there doing a lot of legwork and a little bit of face light they also had the robo spots from the uh, front of house from the front of house one bar and just keeping them in nice tight focus and as there was a bit of movement it would follow him very easy very simple and straightforward and also both pet shop boys had these really strange and in your face chrome masks they looked simple and they just had a nice little bit of coverage over the eyes nose and mouth and they had these really tall metal horns they were flat they weren't curved or 
off center they were going directly up from above it and if you just imagine the eyes they're in line with the eyes and they look pretty good uh, nice and reflective and with that they had their white jackets so yeah it looks very tasteful and very very intriguing at the same time after the third song the mask came off and with it came a massive massive cheer from the audience so on the second section of the show you had the mid-stage screen lift up to reveal all the smaller led screen panels which were in a massive semicircular array around the back of the stage from stage left all the way through to stage right and then you had the giant main screen at the back so all the screens so the downstage screen the upstage screen and the screen panels all were working in tandem with each other all individually mapped sections of the visualizations everything was a part of a massive hole a massive hole <laughs> or shall we say for simplicity's sake it was the bigger picture and this bigger picture looked really intense full of color full of vibrancy and those visualizations god damn they would give the new avatar movie that's coming out soon a run for its money on the quality of image everything on those screens and visualizations were computer generated and they were intensely sick you just couldn't ask for a better advanced screen i mean there is no more there's nothing more you can do on top of this with the current levels of technology but this was one of the most technologically advanced AV systems I've seen ever. We've seen these these transparent LED screens before, but not used to this level. They have got some, it's and it all comes down to the media servers that they've got backstage to drive the entire visualization. And they must have the most advanced media servers that money could buy to drive this particular show because you could do it with lesser media servers and it wouldn't look as uh, intensely uh, vibrant and it wouldn't look intensely sick but if you're going to spend the money on that technology why not use it to its full potential and you could tell that with these visualizations they planned everything down to absolute impeccable detail they probably had months upon months of meetings on how they wanted every visualization to look. And from the Pet Shop Boys, always being very visual within their music videos from the, uh, from the early 90s throughout. Even with the 80s videos, before the technology was really good, they were always very, very visual on the, uh, on the music videos. So a lot of planning, a lot of pre-production and definitely a lot of post-production to sharpen the images up they probably spent months upon months rendering these video sequences and then to and then to make it work in tandem with the lights and in tandem with the music it has to be on time code no way in hell could this show have been pulled off manually it just wouldn't work everything would be time coded so the sound desk would send the time code to the lighting desk and it will also send the uh, time code to the media servers and then all you need to do at this point just before the show starts enable time code on every device so the media server the lighting desk and the sound desk enable time code and then when the sound desk 
hits go, everything runs in sequence. And the lighting operator, the AV operator, and the sound operator are there to do override, overrides and corrections. So the lighting engineer would do lighting corrections if a unit was to start playing up and not working in sequence. So you'll either wheel out the light and park it off, or if for example a robo spot was to go down the lighting engineer would park that off and then bring and then borrow one of the other lights in the rig that's close to it to act as the follow spot manually which you don't want to do ideally ideally you want the robo spot because you'll have the camera on the robo spot to see it to see exactly what you're doing but from the front of the house position you're looking dead on it's easy enough to do it won't be as precise but it you could do it by using the wheels on the desk anyways I digress <laughs> the majority of the lighting was just there to light isolation pools on the stage either stage left stage right where the uh, practical units are such as the lampposts the individual uh, risers for the various members of the backing band as well as the pet shop boys themselves and a light a slight bit of wash and all the LED strobe flood units were used to emphasize points of the song in the same way as the LED moving light profiles were used to emphasize points of the songs. Also on the LED screen sections, the uh, small individual bits of screen, they were actually outlined with an LED uh, rope built into the uh, frame. So that also gave off another emphasis point at certain sections of the show and it looked incredibly sick. The uh, lighting designer and the AV designer worked very, very well together to design this and to pull this one off. This must have taken months upon months to plan everything down to the T and have everything working in tandem and complementing each other. The screens were there to do the uh, legwork and the lighting was there to just bump up the effect from the uh, AV. Now sound wise, we're not only not only did we have the 22 karat gold standard from the clarity but i would actually upgrade it to platinum level from the amount of sound that was coming out you could hear every unique sound that was either that was either on the pet shop boy synthesizer or the rest of the band you could hear every single line of track completely individually on top of the vocals as well and on top of the instruments it was done to ninja precision absolute ninja precision and this show by far had the better sound technician operating that show and yes most of it is on time code and it will automatically do it but the sound operator is there to do corrections because when you're doing something live Sometimes a musician goes heavier or lighter on the, on, the mus on the musical instrument and the vocals might need a little bit of dri extra driving or just pulled back down a little bit so he's there to operate it. And trust me, even though it's all on time coding and operating individually, it takes a highly skilled sound engineer to be able to pull that off with precision clarity to do all the uh, corrections and overrides and there will be 
untold amounts of corrections and overrides when you're mixing when you're live mixing a show even though it's pre-programmed because every venue is different and every venue sounds different you just recall the settings and then adapt to what is already there and do your live corrections to what's ever there to make it sound absolutely superb and perfect and clear with ultimate clarity so on top of the excellent lighting the uh, platinum quality sound clarity and the jaw-dropping AV how were the Pet Shop Boys? They were absolute showmen like they always have been and especially with their minimalistic feel where it feels like they're trolling everyone because they're not doing much by not doing much they still had immense stage presence and that is the best way to do it For, coming from the days of everyone else uh, being incredibly animated around the stage and then the Pet Shop Boys are like trolling everyone from the 80s trolling everyone from the 80s by keeping very still and very non-animated it makes focus look absolutely pristine and it works really well no one else could replicate that and if someone tried to replicate it everyone would be like oh you're trying to be the Pet Shop Boys that is why it works so well and then with their stage presence on top of the uh, immensely intimidatingly superb visuals it just made a massive impact on the show and the audience loved it up they lapped it up they were bathing in absolute quality that the pet shop boys gave on this show this show was definitely value for money and you couldn't pay for a better show i mean seriously you couldn't you couldn't pay for a better show and if you're a Pet Shop Boys fan and you didn't get a ticket you missed out you seriously missed out and I could and I would put money on anyone that saw this show who wasn't a fan would have definitely have become a fan from watching this show if you've enjoyed today's podcast please hit like subscribe and share and if you haven't already done so why not check out more content from Master X Media and you can find that on our website, which is www.masterxmedia.info. And we shall catch you next time. Bye for now.